This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to bat, Brett Boone. Okay, we're going to jump around a little bit here, but I want to go to, uh, you know, this is before we even met. The 1990 World Series. Unbelievable. I've, that's the year I signed but I remember it vividly watching that. Big underdog, Cincinnati Reds. You end up sweeping the Oakland A's. You go through a tough series with Pittsburgh. <clears throat> you end up winning that 4-2. to two. Uh, You had a big series, I think, in Pittsburgh. Hit over 400. Um, but that Oakland series, there's a lot of stuff going on. And with that team, and I, and I think when you think back to the early 90s, uh, the Oakland A's were heralded. You know, they were the Bash brothers, and they had those great teams. They went to the World Series three times, only won one. But you guys, that 1990 Reds team, it's not talked about like the Oakland A's of that of that generation. And you came in, big underdog, and swept them four straight. Just take me through that season and why that Cincinnati Reds team was so special. Well, I, I was traded to Cincinnati uh, – in December of 89, what had happened, Pete Rose had been banished from baseball. He got, he got kicked out and the Reds uh, had gone and, and, and they hired Bob Quinn as general manager. And then Bob hired Lou Pinella to come manage the team. Um, so there was kind of a re- overhaul in the organization. And uh, I had w- was with the Yankees and uh, I had, I had worked with Lou coming up through the system he had worked with me on my hitting. He was kind of my mentor over there. Um, so I was blocked in New York because Don Matting was there and I was not going to supplant him. You know, he was the best player in the American league or one of the best. Um, so anyway, I got traded to the Reds um, and I honestly didn't know a lot about the, about the Reds or the national league. Uh, what I did know is, is that uh, Chris Sable and Barry Larkin were there. Were there and I had played at Michigan, so so uh, you know I I played with Barry for two years at U of M, so it was great. I knew a couple guys who were there, but I didn't know a great deal about that team. Um, so we got on the spring training. Um, Lou gathered us all together, and uh, th- this you know back then there were just the 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 the, uh, the East and the West in both leagues, and he called us together. And uh, these they had come in second place a couple times, I think, the prior three years. They, it, it, you know, they, they were a competitive team, um, but but he said, hey, listen, fellas, 
Um, you know, Pete's done a great job here. I thought that was that was smart of Lou. You know, he 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 uh, acknowledged P Rose, kind of the 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 elephant in the room. Um, acknowledged, you know, Pete's done a great job. I got a ton of respect for Pete. He said, but but uh, you know, this is a new year, and you know, you've had success over here, but you haven't been able to get it across the finish line. He said, but you know what? I look around this room, and I think there's enough talent to win, and and we're gonna win. You know, he said, we are going to win this division and we're going to give some of the problem in the playoffs. Um, and we had um, you, you look at that team. Um, we had a great defensive team, Brett. Uh, you know, Lark, it's short. Uh, Chris Sabo was a, was an outstanding third baseman. Um, Paul O'Neill and Wright, Eric Davis and center. Um, Mario Duncan, and Ronnie Oster. We had a very good defensive team. Um, we had um power a power bullpen you know the nasty boys rob rob dibble randy myers and norm charlton are when people think about that team they often think about those three but then we also have pretty darn good starting pitching too jose rijo was a very unheralded underappreciated pitcher but had the best slider in the in the uh national league or one of the best sliders um danny jackson jack armstrong had a good year um, so anyhow, we, we got off to a good start. We, we started the year nine and zero, and we got out in front and uh, we just stayed out and, and, and we held on to our lead throughout the course of the year. Um, we got in the playoffs um, in, in, against the Pirates and Pittsburgh had a good team. Bonds, Bonilla, Van Slyke, uh, Jeff King, Jay Bell. They had a, another team with very good defense, you know, kind of traditional uh, National League teams. With, with good starting pitching, too. Doug, Doug Drabeck had had a good year. And we played a tight series against Pittsburgh. As I recall, there, no game uh, – there was never a, 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 a larger than a three-run lead. It was the first time this had happened, like, in 70 years that that, that playoff series was so tight. Um, but we, we squeaked through that, and uh, the A's – had swept the the uh, Red Sox, so they they were kind of waiting while we're still playing our series. Um, and I don't think in baseball that's always a good thing. You know, I think you know you take a couple of days off, your rhythm at the plate, your rhythm on the mound starts to get affected. So uh, we we uh, wrap up our series, and then we're going to play them in 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 Cincinnati game one. And I'll never forget. Um, our advanced scouts, a guy named Jimmy Stewart, uh, Jimmy walks in and we're, we're sitting in our food room, getting ready to, to take batting practice. And, and he walks in, we're all in there. And he said, he said, fellas, I just got off the phone with Mel Didier. Mel Didier was the, was the Dodgers. He was kind of their super scout. And he said, he said, guys, I just talked to Mel and he, he said, listen, you, he, he, you can beat these guys with power right-handed pitching. You could you could beat them with you got power arms and and and, and you know in 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 about that time Lou walks in there and Lou is hearing Jimmy you know uh, you know recount his conversation with Mel Didier and Lou says and guess what guys we got we got those arms and we're going to beat these guys and then Tony Perez walks in right behind him and I'll never forget because I was a rookie and I'm scared you know I'm I'm, I'm this is kind of a daunting experience at this point. And, and anyhow, and Doggy says, yeah, yeah, we're going to win, fellas. And they, they, they meant it. You know, Dog, Lou and Tony, I could see in their faces that they really believed that we could win. And I thought, oh, well, maybe we can win. 
so we, we we get in the first game. Eric Davis hits the home run off Dave Stewart early in the game, and, and Riho was lights out in the first game. And our bullpen was – it was the craziest thing, Brett. I, you know, I thought this was just just uh, normal, you know, typical that I'm like, wow – if we if we got a one run lead in the in the sixth inning, we're going to win this game, you know. Uh, and, and I just said, oh, that's kind of the way, you know, when your when your bullpen sets up the way our uh, way ours did. The, the, this is you know run of the, the you know the way you manage games. It was the first and last time in my career where that was the case, where we just you know if we had any kind of lead, the game was over because the bullpen was phenomenal. But you look at their work in the in the the, the playoff the, the the national championship in the World Series. And they were lights out the whole time. So, so, and you know, I think that the fact that Oakland, they, they, they had been sitting on the sideline for a few days. We were up, we were up two games to nothing before they knew what hit them. And then we went out and we had a big game in game three. We swung the bats well, saves hit a couple home runs, um, you know, and then, and then we're up three nothing. And um, game four, we had some injuries. Eric got hurt diving for a ball. Dave Stewart hit Billy Hatcher. So we lost those guys. So so I was getting a little antsy in that fourth game, but but we were able to again scratch a lead, scratch a run across late in the game, and we 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 uh, you know uh, squeaked that fourth game out. But I think the fact that Oakland had to wait that they 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 were a little bit stale. I think that was really kind of the difference in the in the in that whole series. You know what's interesting about that? I've had a few people on the podcast recently. We've talked about that. Uh, that momentum going into the postseason, especially in today's game. Like you like you mentioned, back then it was one series and then you go to the World Series. It's a lot different now. It's a tournament almost now. You got to go – it's four rounds for you to win the World Series in today's game. Much easier to get to the postseason, but tougher once you're there. Whereas in the past, uh, much tougher – that 162-game schedule became uh, much more important to get that playoff slot. Um but I've talked to a couple guys, a couple guys that have won World Series recently. And they and they mentioned just that. You know, I talked to Timmy Salmon with the Angels and the O2 Angels. And he said, Booney, we were grinding the whole month of September. It's like we were in the playoffs just to get to the playoffs. And he said, then we got to the playoffs and, and we felt like our opponent didn't have a chance because we were playing at a, a different le- level adrenaline wise because we've been playing playoff games just to get that wild card spot. And he said, we kind of breezed through the post, hey, not breeze, but we were ready and they weren't ready. They were on up to our level because they were just kind of waiting for us to get there. And he said, I felt like it was a huge advantage for us. I look at a year ago, the Dodgers, that great Dodger team, won 111 games. And all of a sudden, San Diego's, they're clawing to get in the postseason. They get there. They beat the great Dodgers, who were probably the best team in baseball last year. That's why That's why I think the game of baseball is the best game in the world, because you never know. The Dodgers last year, on paper, what they did the regular season, obviously the, the, the best team in baseball. My team in 2001, we went 116 games. We're the obvious best team in baseball. Doesn't always work out for you because of that that postseason uh, schedule. I mean, we were we didn't have anybody, you know, in my record or or my experience that oh one team. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, there was nobody even close to us once we got through the month of May. I mean, it was just rearview mirror the whole year, and kind of on cruise control, and and we got bit by it. I remember 
on that bus ride home from Yankee Stadium after getting beat by the Yankees, thinking this didn't really just happen, right? We were supposed to win the whole thing. Nobody wins 116 and gets bumped from the postseason, but it happens. You sweep them. We, I, I've had Boogie on the program, and for those who listen to the Boone podcast, Boogie, we call him, is uh, Eric Davis. He talked about that injury. I mean, he was kind of your guy. He was your cog. He was the cog in the wheel. He was the Reggie Jackson of, of uh, at that point, of the Cincinnati Reds. He goes down. He goes to the hospital. What's what's that team thinking? Or was it, no, we, we're up 3-0 now. It's going to be 4-0. I think that the A's had such a powerful team that I was concerned when when Eric went down and then when when uh, Billy Hatcher went down. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, we, we do not want to give these guys a, a crack of daylight because if we lose this game, you know, we're, we're we're we we got a big problem. We're we're, we're two men down, you know, because Billy Billy Hatcher had set a World Series record where he tied Babe Ruth. I think he got one eight for eight to start the series. So so you know, and, and Eric was his presence was so significant to us. You know, I, I um, it was funny. Someone the other day, I have I have a photo of our starting lineup uh, before Game One. Um, before we started the game on my wall, and we someone was asking me about it the other day, and I pointed to Eric and Barry, and I, I I was laughing. I said, "You see, my my heart's racing, but 150 beats a minute right there." I said, "You can't tell it, but it was, but not these two right here." You know, pointing to Eric and in in Barry, I said the craziest thing. You know, and I was scouting. You look at players. And you think about, you know, the, the game speeds up on them and they get in big situations at times. They, 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 they can't calm themselves down. I always felt like Barry and Eric in those big games, their heart rate actually decreased. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. But, but losing Eric in that game, uh, it, was, it was very uh, alarming. You know, I, I was just on pins and needles hoping that we could get that fourth game, you know, uh, closed out because I, I was very concerned about anything after that. Cincinnati, we played together for for several years. We had some really good teams, 94, 95. 94 got disrupted by the strike, but we were kind of wire to wire leading our division. Uh, 95, we got bumped by a pretty darn good Atlanta Braves team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they went on to win it all. We got through the Dodgers. But I, I really enjoyed my time in Cincinnati, and there's so much history there. But I never got to go through what you got through, you know, was winning the World Series having a parade downtown Cincinnati, what was that like? Uh, it was, it was a, uh, uh, you know, it was a thrill of a lifetime, really. Um, uh, you know, Cincinnati is, is a smaller town. Um, so uh, they, uh, they, they really follow the, the Reds. Um, it's, it's, it's a, a real, it's part of the fabric of that area that, you know, the community, Um so when the Reds are competitive, the, 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 you feel more energy in that town, you know, and, and um, uh, especially back then, it, you go anywhere and the, the, the folks would have WLW on, they're listening to Joe and Marty, you know, and, and uh, so it was, uh, it, was, it was a big thrill um, and, and to, uh, to do it with Sabo and Larkin and, and, uh, and that whole group of guys you know, uh, uh, it's something you never forget. You know, I think in 94, Brett, I think we, I think we had a team that could have made a run at the world series. You, you know, the, the strike was that's, that's, 
you know, you, you look back at your career, you know, uh, when you when you get the, the gray hair that we have now and you reflect upon things, I, I you know, I wish we would have had a chance in 94. I, I think we were we were uh, good enough to, to, to play with anyone. We had that was speaking of uh, defense, our infield. That's I can't imagine a better defensive infield with Tony Fernandez playing third. Was that unbelievable when Tony just went to third and, and he didn't want to go? Because he was this star shortstop from Toronto. But yeah. once he did commit to it, you're right. He's as good as anyone I ever played with. And I played with some really good third basemen. Oh, I mean, you, you take a gold glove shortstop, move more to third. The plays he would make over there, it was, it was, that was the, um, uh, it was a joy to watch you guys play that year. I mean, our defense was extraordinary on the infield. I mean, I, like I said, you, you, you show me a better infield than I, and, and uh, you know, I'd be surprised. But like I said, that, that I think in '94, I think we had a chance to 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 uh, to do some damage in the playoffs. But uh, we will never know. We will never know. All right, I want to talk about some of the some of the characters from that team. <laughs> you mentioned Lark. Uh, you know, to this day, probably the best athlete I ever played with. It seemed like he could do it all. We, me, and you would play. Well, you were pretty good too. But in the off season, we'd play hoops, even though we weren't supposed to. And I'd watch you and Lark, and I'm like. This is ridiculous, and, and I remember you telling me, Booney, he could probably play Division One basketball right now, and I believe that after watching him, he just had, he was he was kind of freaky from an athletic standpoint. Uh, you mentioned Eric Davis. You know, as I get older and and as I went on through my career, I never really had an appreciation. You know, for the oh thirty thirty. Well, I, I didn't steal a lot of bases, so I never thought about the base stealing side of it. But I I had a year where I stole like 16 or 18 bags, I had a newfound respect for those guys that hit home runs and steal bases. It's not easy to do. It takes a lot out of you, especially the guys that, you know, the guys that went 40, 40. I looked at, I looked at Eric Davis's numbers. I think he had a 162 game span where he went like 39, 80, something ridiculous. And, and, uh, you talk about those two. I think Lark learned a lot from Eric. He was kind of Eric was kind of Lark's mentor. But talk about guys that that could steal a base, true base stealers, guys that uh, when everybody in the park knew they were going in, still run right in your face. Ricky Henderson being the epitome of that. But they were those type of players. Talk about Lark and Boogie a little bit. Well, yeah, they, they were. If you go back, because you know when I was uh, when I was working in the in the Angels front office, I, we, we'd be in your office all day. So you just sit there and and uh, you had some time on your hands. I used to go back and like to look at everyone's the numbers, you know, just throughout the history of baseball. Um, and you look at Eric, you look at his stolen base percentages. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and and like you said, Brett, he was he was he was everyone knew that he was running. You know, same thing with Lark. I I maintain uh, the guys I was able to watch pretty closely, Barry and Eric. Could could steal a base um, as well as anyone. I, I think probably Ricky might be in another league, you know. Um, but 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 everyone knew they were stealing, you know. And, and the, the the situation dictated that that we needed to 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 to, to run, and they would st- still steal bases. You know, it's one thing. I played with a couple of guys later in my career that stole a lot of bases, but they were kind of hollow. They were empty. You know, we we were up or down four or five runs, and they're out there running, stealing, uh, stealing second, stealing third. 
But those guys, they would never do that. They were still in bags when, when they needed to. And if you look, if you look at Eric, uh, I don't know if it's 86 or 87, he, he was like he had 27 home runs and still 80 bases or something. It was it's he it was it was insane the number, you know, what, what he did. And Saves was another one. Look at look at look at Saves when he won the rookie of the year. He stole a ton of bases, you know. He was Saves is very athletic. And I'll tell you the other guy, Brett, you talk about athleticism. Paul O'Neill is a hell of an athlete. Um, Paul uh, was uh, he, he was a very good tennis player. He beat most of the teaching pros in Cincinnati, uh, but also a great basketball player. I thought Paul could have played in the NBA. I saw him play basketball. I'm like, wow, because he's 6'5", he could shoot. And, and just watching him, I was like, wow, he, he is a heck of an athlete. So, again, there, were, there was athleticism on that team uh, that, that uh, you know, you might not appreciate. Now, Lark. Uh, you know, Lark was an All-American uh, safety, I believe, coming out of Moeller. I think Lark would have been a Hall of Fame uh, safety or DB in the in the uh, NFL. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, freaky athlete. Paul O'Neill, we've had him on the show. Spuds, for those of you listening, nickname for, for Chris Sabo. Okay, I got to play with Sabo. I played against Paulie a lot. But I got to play with Sabo. He came back. He, he wasn't in his role that he was in the 90 when he was winning the World Series. He was in more of a platoon role, extra player. But I got a little bit of Chris Sabo. And, and one of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these guys on the list, we could say from those 90s Reds teams, when they're born, they break, you, you broke the mold. There's nobody like him. Sabo's one of them. Uh, Paul O'Neill, the stories I hear about when they were roommates. He's uh, another. Lou Pinella, we both played for. That's a for sure. There's there's only one Lou Pinella. But talk to me. Give me a give me a Sabo O'Neill story because I didn't get to see it when they when they were uh, when they were roommates and and I just need a story because when you guys tell it, I just laugh because I know I know Chris so well, and I can hear him doing that. But I I didn't know Paulie as well. Well, so so uh, Chris and uh, Paul's locker were down at the other end of the lockers. He walked in the training room. There were two lockers down there, and the, and they it was it was Chris on the right, Paul on the left, and they would sit down there, and they would they would be chirping all day, talking to each other, you know, in their own little, little language. And you'd walk by there, and I, I would just die laughing. Like I, I walked by one day, and Paul was in a slump, and he and, he, and he, he'd sit there talking. He said he, he comes. He said he called uh, Saves Spuds. He said Spuds, I stink. And 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 and, and Saves looked right back. He said, You know what, Paul? You're right. You stink. You know. And so there, these two were down there talking. You know, going at it the whole day. But you know, Paul would be up there hitting the lefties and 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 at the plate, and 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 Saves just yelling at him put your nose in there, you know, stick your nose in there, Paul, let's go. Just screaming stuff at him. <laughs> it, was, um, it was, it was hilarious. You know, the, the, those two, uh, and they, they were roommates. They, 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 they roomed together on the road too. So this, they carry on like this all day long, you know, and, and, and at night. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American express business gold card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Talked about the big bullpens. And, and today, 2023, clubs put a lot of their finances in the bullpens. They they bring you up as a specialist in the bullpen. That wasn't the case uh, in the history of baseball. You know, talking to a lot of uh, older 70s, 80s pitchers, they said, Brett, when I was in the bullpen, that was like a demotion. That was scrub time. I was just, I wasn't good enough to start, and that's why I was in the bullpen. Today's game isn't like that. But you mentioned that special bullpen, and it was uh, Myers, Norm Charlton and Rob Dibble. That was kind of the first power bullpen that I remember having. We had a little bit of it in in Seattle. Uh, In the early 2000s, they started to have a little bit of a setup guy, lefty, righty, power closer. But I think yours is, is, uh, it was the first on record of being, like you said, it became a five, six inning game. You got to the six with a lead. Uh, that game was over. I remember how talking to you about Rob, because I played with Dibble for one year, my first year over there, but he was hurt mm-hmm. and, and he wasn't able to get on the field. I remember you telling me, because because as a kid watching Rob Dibble pitch, you know, in high school and college, I thought that's one man I never want to step in the box again. I remember you saying something to me like, Booney, it's the most dominating pitcher I've ever seen for a short term. Uh, talk about those three guys and their roles in that bullpen. I don't I, – again, I, I can't recall before either where you had kind of that three-headed monster down in the bullpen. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, maybe maybe uh, th- there were other uh, bullpens that I'm not aware of, um, but um, they were just uh, dominant. And um, they, they uh, were, were, you know, three uh, very unusual, unusual personalities, you know, to, 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 to say the least. Um, uh, Rob, you know, I was, I was at fantasy camp a couple years ago with Rob and we're sitting there having dinner and he, and he, he said, you know what, I've been thinking about my career, you know, and, and if I had one thing to do over again, and I'm thinking, you know, he's here, he is, you know, 20 years post playing, going to give me something kind of deep and pensive and reflective. He said, I would have drilled more guys, you know, he said, <laughs> he said, I should have drilled more. And I started laughing. I said, Oh my God, he was crazy. Rob was crazy. <laughs> he threw, he threw a hundred on the, the, the way that they captured the velo today had to be one Oh three, one Oh four. I don't know. I don't know what um, he had. He had a devastating slider. Um, Rob, the way the Lou would use Rob when, when we got into a jam and we needed, we needed got We, we had guys, you know, like there was there was some traffic out there in the base paths. We needed strikeouts. That's when he would use Rob. You know, and, and he would he come in and punch a couple of guys out. Um, uh, I, I remember where we were playing in Atlanta one night, and he's facing Tommy Gregg, and, and Brett he was throwing so hard. I, I'll never forget. It's the only time in my entire career the, the ball was getting about halfway to the plate, and it was exploding. It was kind of like you know in Star Wars when they jump to warp speed. Yeah. And you know, and, and I'm watching this, and I'm like. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I said, Dibs, just don't hit them. I think you, you'll kill them. He was throwing so hard. The damnest thing I've ever seen. Um, but but Randy typically closed. Uh, Randy was he, – he was a, a, a he had phenomenal control. He threw, uh, you know, mid to upper 90s, you know. And, um, you know, back when we played, as you know, the, the 
if you could establish that you could work on the outer two or three inches of a, of a of the plate, the umpires would open up the zone for you. So Randy, he would come in there and he would start painting, and then they would give him they would give him this much off the the corner of the plate. He would just live out there. Um, uh, and Norm, upper nineties with a devastating split finger pitch, uh, threw a spitter a lot. I mean his. Uh, um, he could, th- he could, Norm was also a starter. He could give multiple innings for you. Just, just depending upon the, the way that the lineup set up, you know, Lou would use, he would lo- use those three guys accordingly, but typically, um, Randy closed and then those are two guys. He, he used Norm for, uh, you know, inning and inning a third, but, uh, the, the, the stuff was just overwhelming for the three of them. And they were all kind of out of their mind too. So, Everyone in the league was kind of uh, was was aware of these guys, especially Norm and Rob, that they were kind of dangerous. Like you got to, you know, so it's in the back of your mind that these guys might be throwing at you, you know. So um, it doesn't really exist in the game anymore, but it sure did right at that time. Yeah, and you're right; they were crazy, crazy, crazy in a good way, crazy in a. I'm glad they're on my team way. You know, I I got a chance with with Dibs just a year, but just to get a glimpse of his personality, I played with Norman in Seattle, one of my favorite guys, and and uh, got a chance to play with Randy, and and he was hurt in San Diego, but I got a little bit of a an idea of what he was like. Um. People ask me this all the time when it comes to my Cincinnati days. You know, there's the typical questions, but but I still laugh about it. Hey, Booney, what was it like playing for Marge Shot? And I said, you know, I think about it all the time. And I said, you know, it was the cheapest owner I've ever played for. I had to put up with uh, dog hair in my back pocket. But remember, I'm a rookie. I'm not. I'm getting arbitration here. This is the mm-hmm. owner of the team. So. Part of me is thinking, well, I kind of got to play pl- play her game and let her put the hair in my pocket. Now, they put the hair in my pocket, I get a couple of hits. You know, Snake, like anybody, we keep that hair in our pocket for the next day. We don't, we don't question why we got two hits. We just know the hair was in our back pocket. But I remember Bernie Stowe. Uh, we lost Bernie Stowe recently, the, the legendary uh, clubhouse man for, for, the, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. I remember he'd be like, well, Booney, you need some, you need some new bats. I said, yeah, Bernie. And this is my first year over there. And he says, well, you know, I hate to say it, but Marge likes to, we like to collect the bats that you broke. And my first thought was, you know, I was a young player, but I'm thinking, isn't this the big leagues? You know, I'm not (laughs) used to having these questions in the big leagues. And he's like, yeah, that's just the way that now we'd fudge it a little bit. Bernie would help me get my new dozen bats. You know, I kind of need the bats. You know, I play every day. Uh, But I remember that. I remember just the the nickel and diming. I remember us going on on coach flights to the West Coast, you know, where we didn't have a charter. And, And at that time, that was unheard of. Every major sports franchise in the world, we charter everywhere. But but Marge would save a little money. Uh, two flights a year, and, and it seemed like we were go out to play the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, imagine being on a flight. I always thought about it. I said, this isn't fair for us because we'd, we'd board the plane in Cincinnati and all the fans are around. We're sitting around in the in the lobby. But then I thought, once we get on the plane, this isn't fair for them either to have to put up with us. You know, we'd have one section of the plane and then the general public that bought a ticket were in the other half. So it was kind of a uh, not fair for either, but that's the way Marge was. I remember going to her, 
her party or once a year party. And, and Barry used to tell me, Booney, if you want a multi-year contract one day, you better get up on that elephant. <laughs> and sure enough, I had my ass up on that elephant. <laughs> um, anything stand out for you? Just, just one Marge shot story. Oh boy. Uh, I heard about the meetings where the pitchers trying, I'm trying, who's going to win. That was saves. Oh, that was Sabo. That was, that was supposedly, that was before I got there. You went, when, 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 uh, they used to tell that story, they they said they're up there in in Marge's office and, and, uh, you know, they were in a little bit of a slump and, and, and she says, boys, you know, you know, uh, should we say a prayer? And, and, and saves, you know, you know, sits up and says, Marge, he said, the hitters praying, the pitchers probably think God could care less who, who win this game. <laughs> you know, yeah. said, okay, we'll we'll forget about that then. Um, <laughs> In the shag carpet office that she had. Oh, oh my, oh my goodness! Wearing Marge wearing your penny loafers, right? Um, I, well, I, I don't. I'll tell you what. I there 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 are so many. You know, I I don't. I, I think I don't think Marge was a was. A, uh, I think Marge uh, probably needed someone around her to to kind of shepherd her, you know, and and keep her out of trouble. And inherently, I don't think she was a a, a bad person. But I, you know, I I remember I'm I'm sitting in this had to be '95, uh, 20 year reunion for the for the Big Red Machine. They're having a luncheon, and Marge invites me to come, and she's over there with Bev Carpenter. If you remember Bev, yeah, her her, her, her friend from Indian Hill up there, and we're we're sitting there. And uh, I reach down to get a drink of my water, and I pick it up, and it's it's pure like Wolfschmidt vodka, you know. <laughs> Midday. Oh, it was noon, and I and I look at Marge. I'm like, Marge. I'm like, I said, Marge, I got to play tonight. You know, you got to keep you got to keep your drink over there. You know, she she had like grabbed my water, I think, and swapped my water for her for her vodka. You know, um, but uh, uh, you know the the the. The, uh, the, you know, you, 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 you witness, you know, when she, she, she would like my rookie year, she would come down and she would grab my hair because I had really long hair. And she'd say, you got, you got to cut that. You got to cut that. And I'd look over, I'm kind of pissed. I'd look over at Lou and Lou would just go like this, just a little bit, you know, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, but uh, you, you know, it, it's, she, she was, she was quite the character for sure. Al, I got a funny one and we'll move on, but. <laughs> this is when I first came over. And you know, you kind of, when the owner's down there talking to you, you kind of just put up with it. And you got to stay in the conversation. It's the owner of the team. And I remember I just, it, it might have been at that press conference uh, that when I got traded, flew into Cincinnati. And I remember having my first interaction with her. And she says, you know, son or whatever she was calling me, young man. Uh, she goes, uh, where are you thinking about living? And I said, well, Marge, I said, I don't know yet. I said, I'm probably going to get it. You know, I'm 23 years old. I said, I'm probably going to get an apartment somewhere. What do you suggest? I said, Marge, where do you live? <laughs> she goes, she goes, Oh honey, I live in Indian Hill. You can't afford it. <laughs> I just got, I just flew in. She just traded for me. She's like, Oh no, that's way above your budget. <laughs> and which at the time it definitely was, but that's what I remember. And that's still to this day makes me laugh. She was a piece of work. Oh yeah, she was. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 